1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Joining us on the line is Brian Eldridge of Courier College Prep. Talking about something we've seen over the past few weeks. Well, over the last few years, fewer and fewer colleges have been requiring SAT scores. But is that changing? In the past week, Dartmouth College has decided to reinstate the SAT as a requirement to attend college. All can be very confusing for people who are in that process right now of how to apply for a college and choosing the school you want to go to. Uh, Brian joining us right now helping kids make that decision and prepare for these tests and other things. Thanks for joining us this morning. You know, Brian, I think that confusion, it has to be higher than ever of what to do, what not to do.
2: Absolutely. Brian, good morning, Susan. Thank you for having me. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Uh, just what it was a sensible response, right? The test optional policy during COVID kid, kids couldn't test and the test centers were, were shuttered. And so colleges, you know, made the move, they shifted to the test optional, but three plus years removed, there's still over 1,800 institutions. But the messaging and the colleges' differing approaches to test optional policies can really be confusing for applicants and their families. So if you have a student with a score, you know, you're researching, okay, what's the middle 50% range at that school? And, and you can find that online at a bunch, of, a bunch of different sites. But that range itself is inflated because the policies have created this self-selected cohort of senders. So rather than, you know, 90% of kids 10 years ago, eight years ago sending, it might be 40% or 20%. So like the range will shift up. So now if a, if a student has a list of maybe 12 schools, five may get scores and seven might not, you know, so you're withholding. So context matters. And I think the messaging has been at least translated at at some level, parents here, students here, test optional, it's translated as tests don't matter. And that's just not the case. So um, even under that test optional umbrella, right, you have testing preferred schools, like in Auburn or in Ohio State. Uh, And if that's, you know, sometimes this, this The the news hits them late. If I get a call in the fall, and Ohio State's their number one, but they weren't aware of the nuance that Ohio State prefers testing, and you can look it up, and, you know, 70 to 80% of kids are sending. And then come October, it's almost too late. It's not too late to test, but it's really too late to prepare and to really go after your best score. So what I advise students do is to really, and parents, get granular with the research. uh, Check out the stats. Go to Common Data Set. Google a school's name with Common Data Set. And look at the percentages of students who submit. If it's 60, 70, 80 percent or higher, that's a test-preferred school, even if that's not explicitly stated. And if you see language on a school's website that says testing is recommended, that should translate to me as required. Just like, just like interview season, when they say an interview is optional, uh, it's not, or at least it shouldn't be. Uh, it shouldn't be taken that way. So yeah, it is. It is. It's really, really confusing, uh, I think, for students to. Uh, to navigate this landscape right now. You know, I'm wondering, Brian, do these tests favor students of privilege because they have access to tutors? It's a great question. And I, and I think that was a stronger point to be made, a stronger argument in favor of maybe, you know, the fair test movement or test optional. But in the last 10 years, I mean, TikTok videos on te- the, the, the resources that you and Brian and I, that we never had growing up, there are so many unbelievable free resources that can be accessed by students now that I do think that absolutely there's still a correlation. It's just true. Like one-on-one tutoring can be expensive. And so it does create that divide, but there's so many other things also, I think that, that have that socioeconomic barrier to them. whether that's the extracurriculars that kids can pursue, whether that's the number of APs that a school can offer summer programs that a kid can attend in a pay to play way. So, It's still there, but I do think it's diminished a bit as online resources have just mushroomed over the last decade.
1: So you're telling people to really pay attention to what schools want to see, what they're looking for. Typically, what do you recommend? Because I remember in the process of going to college— I didn't know where. You know, I I, I right. knew I wanted to go to college, I, but there's no dream school. There's no, like, one goal or anything. Just, you know, I'll apply to a bunch of places, and I don't know, I'll make the decision sure. at some point. How For those students who don't really have a singular focus, is the recommendation just to, well, just take it or do it anyway?
2: You know, I always think that the upside, it, it definitely outweighs not taking it because even if you never end up sending the score or if you never even, you know, or maybe you started a community college or a trade school, whatever the case may be, when you're preparing and doing your best to put in the preparation for a test, you're coming away with all these fundamental skills and knowledge that are, in my opinion, going to serve you well beyond high school, whether that's critical thinking, strong written communication, data analysis. I mean, these are fundamental skills that are gonna benefit a student. So yeah, I think it's, uh, it's sort of like, hey, it's Pascal's wager. You can't hurt you by doing it. And even if you don't know where to go at a good number of schools, strong scores can translate into money and scholarships, right? Merit aid schools still tie merit aid to a strong score. So why not, why why not chase it? Anything you could do to lower the cost of college, even if you have no idea where you want to go initially, I think that forward looking approach makes sense, especially, you know, when when you see how detached college tuitions become from reality. When tests were optional, did you notice were applications up or down at colleges and universities? Do we know? And that, so, that, so there was such a surge the, the, that first pandemic year, especially at what they call the Ivy or the Ivy Plus schools. I mean, exponentially more applications because of test optional, which makes the Dartmouth case interesting because what their studies found is by going test optional, it was actually disadvantaging um, students, applicants from less resource families. And again, it found that testing was a better predictor of success. So it'll be, I, I, again, it's a small sample size, right? It's just Dartmouth. Purdue announced the same thing last year. I'd like to see what the application numbers do because these schools received a deluge, which made it even more challenging for students that would have been applying to say these 20 top 20, 30, 40 schools, five, six years ago. Now they're swimming against this, this just tide of test optional applications. So it could be harder to let that strong score stand out. Um, so I applaud, in a vacuum, I applaud Dartmouth for doing it because I think the rationale makes sense. And, and what they basically found was students that were sending these scores, they were better able to succeed at the level that their students traditionally did. MIT found the same thing. Georgetown found the same thing.
1: You know, Brian, we were just talking about the surge in applications to a lot of these schools that happen in the past uh, couple of years after these SAT requirements were dropped. We were listening to a piece, uh, an interview somebody was doing a little bit earlier this morning, and, you know, in there they said, well, you know, it's maybe discouraging a lot of people who would have applied to these colleges but are a little intimidated by the test. And I heard that and I thought, well, maybe that's the point. Um, You know, if a a Dartmouth and not all schools are created equal – there are probably schools that say, well, listen, if you don't want to take this test that people have been taking for so many years, I don't know if you're going to fare too well here.
2: That Absolutely. I think I think that's a great encapsulation of it. There's always, I, I've asked my kids and families to, you know, pretend it's 20 years ago. Just just play the game in a way where it would have been, where you would have been, you know, when we were going through it. And there's always going to be a tier of schools where testing, the, the threshold is really high. And that, to me that 's the way it it should be i mean there 's going to be no shortage of schools that maintain the test optional policy, but i 'm all for a set of standards and, and returning a bit of meritocracy to the world of college admissions where it seems to disappear a little more and more every year i mean applications there 's a lot of squishy, soft inputs, a lot of subjective inputs that can be massaged and manipulated and like it or not, uh, standardized tests they they are an objective measure right uh, with reliable predictive power and so you don't have to go that route, but I, I do think it's a good thing to have it. Who knows who follows Dartmouth? I do think that there'll be schools that, you know, just talk about the Texas public school system doing it. Florida never went public schools, never went test optional. And that's a very competitive, um, ecosystem of schools down there. So I think it should, students should have a goal. It should be motivating. Um, I meet the moment, do do the work preparation is separation and, and, uh, Yeah, I I agree. I I think that there should be schools that have these that have these standards and students should uh, should seek to to meet or exceed them to to just strengthen replication, There's still no guarantee they're going to get in Dartmouth. is still a single it's still a single digit admit admit rate school. It's it's very scary. So even a 1550 guarantees you nothing. Um, But at least, you know, you took a swing and big, big swings are uh, something I applaud. All right. Hey, Brian, thanks for joining us this morning. I really appreciate the time, Susan. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. That's Brian Eldridge with Courier College Prep.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.